Hello, welcome to the Loney Show. I'm your host, John Loney. In this episode, I've not brought on regulars because, again, they're still busy doing yada, yada, yada. As for our guest, she's from Toronto, Canada, but she's currently living in India. She's a musician and intuitive healing artist. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Ananda Shakti. <laughs> Thank you. That's a beautiful intro. <laughs> yes, you I am. I'm word into my title I feel like it's been taking me some time to describe like to get a name to describe what it is that I do so now I've made it into intuitive interdimensional healing artist hmm. okay nice <laughs> and how are you uh life's going great for me and uh yeah just uh doing well who knows what and just going with the flow <laughs> where are you located? So I'm in India. Uh, where are you? I, I'm from Manchester. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So how's life? How is life? Life is, um, I think the best way to describe it, it feels like a, a massive crucible of awakening in that um, every day there are new energies moving through and awarenesses waking up and old ones dropping away and yet the future and even the past feels quite mysterious and so there's a sense of there's a sense of knowing where you're going and a sense of surrendering to mystery and as we all know it's no longer just a purely independent experience to be on these paths of much being shaken up and much being asked to shift. It's a collective now. So we have our own personal stories, our own personal karma that we're bringing into this. And then we have collective karma and the vast array of human beings responding to their life in so many different ways and so it's it's kind of an awe-inspiring time. I am not discounting the suffering at all that people have been through and the hardship that people are in. But on the other perspective of seeing this this hum, humongous picture of of dismantling and of mystery and of unknowns is pretty awe-inspiring. So most of the time I'm in that awareness with it and I'm um enjoying the feeling of diving into and surrendering mystery. I, I love I love the idea of mystery, not like a mystery novel, but where somebody's done something, but more like you just it's like mystical. You don't really know for sure. You can't you can't analyze it. You can't describe it. To me it's beautiful beautiful experiences of reality, the ones where you experience them, but there are no real words. And this is why, you know, we've had all of the great mystics and, and spiritual masters on our planet. Sometime or another, they communicate through poetry. They communicate through nonlinear conversation because that's what happens when we start to expand beyond the linear perspective, like our 3D perspective of reality. And so that's where I land mostly in all of this. Okay. I like that. It's pretty nice. <laughs> I'm glad. It's, yeah. it's welcoming, you know? I mean, one of my first teachers is because I've been involved in 
yoga and spiritual arts since a teenager, one of my first teachers said this thing to me once, you know, and it really stuck with me. He said, mystery is okay. You know, because like part of a path of awakening spiritually, I, 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 you know, I haven't studied every path, but I've studied many of them and it seems to be um, a thread through, through most of them is that there's some aspect of mystery and his mystery is okay. In fact, it's more than okay because it's just that part that you don't have that pressure to, to have to be able to explain it all, to have to be able to know it all. And, the, and this is a tremendous pressure on every human being to try to have this perfection, no matter whether we consciously seek it or not. We're all um, carrying such burdens of feelings of, of imperfection, feelings of we're not enough, we're not good enough, maybe we didn't make the right choice there, maybe we didn't do the right thing there. Consciously or unconsciously, this is one of the great burdens of humanity. And so when we allow mystery to come into something that, that we can't be on top of, something surrender and open to it relieves those burdens and i feel it connects us more directly to the reality because no matter how um involved and complex science becomes really isn't it true like the more uh, evolved they become the more they kind of say that they can't really explain it <laughs> They explain it by saying that it's not explainable. And, you know, reality, when they start to try to analyze reality. So the closer and closer that they come to to scientifically trying to explain reality, there's always, I mean, there's a black hole. You know, like, what is a black hole? They, it's, you know, it's just this black hole. We don't really know. You know, there's these things, right, that we don't really know. And that becomes um, uh, a beautiful part that I feel really nurtures the heart and and can give us a tremendous sense of peace. Okay, great. Lovely, <laughs> great to hear it. <laughs> so what got you into music? Ah, very good. Well, you know, from very, very young, from maybe five years old or so, maybe even younger, I don't know. I was always very obsessed with music and singing, singing, singing. and. Once I got old enough to join choirs, you know, joining every choir, it didn't matter. I would join all the church choirs, even though I actually didn't have any church that I was affiliated to. I would like be in all the choirs. I would, you know, be in the, in the school choirs and, and all of those things. And so I was really drawn to it as, um, to me, it was, first of all, a very beautiful expression of finding potency within myself, finding um, something beautiful and something potent and powerful, like this voice that could come, and it felt like it had power, and it, and it had a and and its beauty was. I'm, I'm not talking about the quality of the singing. The beauty was just the the ability or the and the reality of being able to connect to melody that I that I loved, and to me, melody was just the most soothing kind of experience, and. Um, and then I discovered as well that, you know, if I sang as a, as a child, like everybody would want to sing. That, that when anybody sings, so it wasn't just me, when anybody sings, you want to join in. And so it was this place that created a union. And for me, at a young age, I, I, I really did uh, feel a pain of, of people being disconnected. And I didn't have a... a, a traumatic family life it wasn't like you know things were up in a lot about but I could still feel like 
whoa, there was just always this normal kind of egoic power struggles going on where there could be one flow that could take everybody beautifully, you know, let's all go and do this. And, but then there'd be, no, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that, that would just stop this oneness. And yet when the music would come, everybody would be there, everybody would sing, everybody would dance. I had quite a, a musical family in that, not in any kind of way professional, but that enjoyed, really enjoyed to sing and dance together, really enjoyed it. And so this would be an experience of, of this coming together where this, this kind of need to, to power struggle with each other would be gone. And so then that was my younger years, like pre-teens. And then of course, as like an early teen and into my teens, I got, you know, um, obsessed and entranced by the, you know, the rock stars of the time. And, and, and that became like my main focus. You know, I was like, just like mono focused on what it was that they were doing and what they were bringing. And I could listen to the same song like over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, because it was touching such deep emotional places. And so I had always this desire to um, see if I could do this. And then um, as a teenager, uh, I just, I very magically connected up with the right people and we were and the first band that was formed was an all-girl punk band and we actually didn't even know how to play our instruments <laughs> like we formed the band you know it was really one of those stories right like one of those where we formed the band we had a name we, we even had a gig and we still didn't know how to play yet <laughs> And, but we had the spirit, you know, and so much was about the spirit. And so, and we had, and luckily at that point, the, I was not the first singer, I was the second singer. So and originally I was just, I was the guitar player and the backups singer. And but our very first singer was actually a professional singer that had been singing since she was jingles, since like commercials, you know, since she was a little girl. So, so we had that going for us. So we had one person that could actually, you know, play their instrument quite well. And the rest of us were like cling, cling, cling with bleeding fingers, you know, trying to learn how to change from one chord to the next. And, and, uh, and then it just went from there. We were super dedicated. Like, oh my God, we would rehearse for like 12 hours a day. Like we would try so hard and, and, and we were likable. People really liked us. We had, um, fun-loving attitude we you know really you know that we were not serious we were serious but we were not serious you know in that kind of a way because we knew it we were this was very lucky for us you know we were doing something that was more of an idea we didn't have the musical skills really to back it up and but we had an idea and and so we just worked really hard with all that and people really really liked us and so we got a lot of we got a lot of breaks I think because of that where people just they really appreciated our enthusiasm and what we were trying to do. And we weren't, we weren't bad at what we were doing. Once we could figure out how to play our instruments, we were, we were good at what we were doing. Um, so that was, that was our, that was how we got into all of that. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. It's really one of those kind of movie stories, you know, it's like those dream stories you just have and it, and it, and it did work. And we were, we were fortunate that way. Absolutely. <laughs> so have you have you performed any live con have you ever performed in live concerts recently recently well not during lockdown for sure and then um well i mean i've done uh, what we call kirtan are you familiar with this word kirtan i, I don't think so 
Okay, so I'll explain what that is. So in um, the Eastern, like the yogic Eastern path, um, we have this word called kirtan, which means it's call and response. So it's a musical performance where it's call and response. And you're chanting the names of the different deities, the different gods, and um, melodically, and sometimes there's other words, but you you sing something, then the audience sings it back, the same thing back, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it creates... Um, quite a powerful energy, right? Because because everybody's engaging together in this way and it gets quite raucous actually, really, really, really super high energy. It builds, it usually starts off quite slow and quiet. And by the end of it, it's, you know, in this ecstatic kind of state. So that I've done a few times while, while being here in India. Um, and prior to that, then with my band, Love Power, the band, and the rest of the members for Love Power are in Canada right now. Um, you know, the, our last gigs were in Canada before I before I left in 2019, and then everything that happened since then. So um, we haven't had we haven't had a gig together since then, but we will have something this coming up summer when I go back to Canada. Okay, great, great. That's, that's lovely. Yeah, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Everybody has grown so much, and um, our music that's been released now, "Love Is Where You Are," is our CD. And fantastic reviews and the thing that is it's really fulfilling because um it's very eclectic in its nature and um some of the songs let me see how many one two three songs three is it three one two two songs uh no three songs three songs from the from the cd which only has five songs are not in english there's some one of them is in hindi one of and two of them are in sanskrit but um which I sing in, but I don't speak these languages, but I, I do sing in them. And um, But the thing about these languages is that they're vibrational languages. They're different than English. Um, English is what we call a conceptual language where we, we look at something and we describe it from the outside, whereas um, Sanskrit is called a or vibrational language where the yogis in great states of meditation would have these sounds come out of their body to, to express something. So for instance, the name of one of the Indian deities is Shiva. But it's not a label that we would put on him like, oh, that that's his label. It actually, in that sound, Shiva, is, is the essence of Shiva. Like as you say the sound Shiva, if you pay attention to the vibration of the sound, how it feels in the mouth, how it feels in the body, what it does to the mind eventually, like it really starts to shift the perceptions of the mind, especially with this particular name, Shiva, because Shiva is the God that represents the, the third eye, you know, the omnipresent eye that's all seeing, that sees beyond all of the, um, the theater that we go through all the time. And so the, as you repeat this name, you're invoking the, the actual vibration of the deity. So it's different than, um, than something that is spoken. It's different than a labeling. It's an invocational language. And so when somebody sings in Sanskrit, for instance, if you, even if you have no idea what they're saying, if you listen to it, you will, you will feel shifted by the energy because it, it just shifts your energy. That's what it does. It, and it creates what we call vibrational healing that it allows one to start to drop the baggage, excuse me, <coughs> what we call karmic baggage. So the stories that people, not karma like um, 
you know, karma is understood in a number of different ways. Often it's kind of this, you know, karma will get you. It's like you're going to do something, you're going to get something. This is true of one level of understanding this. But but in, in the work that I do, in the healing work that I do, we understand a different level of karma, which is that it, they are stories, unfinished stories that in that souls carry with them in their incarnation. And this unfinished story creates your personality, your likes, your dislikes, what happens to you, what doesn't happen to you, where you're drawn, where you're not drawn. And from spiritual perspective, we, we come into incarnation with this story to resolve it, to release our identity with it, and then to find ourselves connected to source energy. However, one wants to speak about this because there's no, it, it does not need to be held in any kind of dogma into any kind of path. It's, it's completely independent. So vibrational music does this. It, it unconsciously, because you won't even know what, you know, what you're hearing, but it starts to tear, it starts to allow the stories to drop away that are no longer serving your highest good. And then it leaves you connected to what is good so what I'm really um, impressed with and and so pleased with about the reviews that are coming in for the if viewers are getting that and in the past they in the past they didn't in the past it was like there's like oh these songs that are not in English and and it's like it feels like different styles and that but instead they're actually really getting it and they're like talking about it and they're talking about like the enhancements that are taking place and the different layering and they're understanding things like they're even showing me things that I don't necessarily see about it you know from the outside of it and I I couldn't be happier and because the music has always has always been an extension like when I left the punk scene I came to Canada I came back to Canada I was living in New York City I came back to Canada because I met my first spiritual teacher and I and I knew without a doubt I had no doubt our band was ready to all the big contracts and I still left anyways I had no doubt that I had found what I was looking for in my life and that this is what I needed to do and that that the two worlds were not in harmony with each other at that time for me and so I left and I made a very very strong commitment to myself that I will play music again but it has to have this transformative vibration rather than simply a reflective vibration like in the punk scene we were really good at reflecting social issues, you know, and reflecting it back, but there was rebellion in it. And, you know, many, many, many of those people are dead now. They kind of rebelled themselves into the grave in a certain way. So what I really wanted to do was find a way to be conscious. Yes, not to be asleep, to be conscious, but then to be completely transformative, which then needs to step into unity consciousness. We need to be able to have compassion and understanding and at the same time be able to say no to what we don't feel is serving. And so I made this commitment that I would play music again, um, but only if, you know, only if I could do it in this way. And so... Um, that was, you know, that was why I stepped forward. And so it had to be part of my healing journey. And then I, I really became, you know, a yogini and a healer and an intuitive healer and a channel and all of these things. And, and so the music is fed by all of that. And the single that we have out right now is called I Am Love. And, and it just excites me so much that I get messages from people saying my whole family is like running around dancing and singing I Am Love. Like I, I, 
honestly, even now, like I feel like crying when I say that because that's just what I want for myself and I want for humanity that they know that they are loved. And so this music has an intention of, of assisting people to remember who they are in their, in their, in their most radiant and beautiful self. And the reviewers are getting that, and I couldn't be more thrilled that they're they are helping, you know, enhance that message as it as it comes out. Wow, fabulous! <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. So, and so, what are you doing right now? Right now, I am in a place called Rishikesh. I'm sure you can hear the dogs of India that are everywhere. And Rishikesh is, um, this is where the Beatles went when they were with um, Yogi Mahesh. I can never remember his name. Anyways, when the Beatles went to India, they came to Rishikesh. So this is, there's actually a place called the Beatles Ashram, which is a bit further south of where I am, where you can go and visit the little, they lived in these little huts and things like that. And um, so Rishikesh was a city that was designed just for the purposes of yoga. It's no longer like that now. It still has that going on in it, but of course it's, it's you know, gained a lot of tourism. And it's at the foothills of the Himalayas, and it's on the, um, the sacred river, the Ganges, that we call Ma Ganga. So she's a goddess in our, in our perspective. And um, I'm here recording, actually. I'm finishing a recording. Um, and I'm really excited about it. And then once it gets completed, and um, then I will go further north, like right up into the, the Rio mountains, up into the and and shoot the video. That's my dream at this point. I think it's going to work out. We just have to see how much uh, more time I have in India. There's visa issues now with extensions and things like that but I think it'll work out and so that's what I'm doing I'm focusing on the healing work I'm doing healing sessions for people and um, I'm recording music and, and I dance and so I do and I practice Indian classical dance and yoga of course so I do all of these things and it's it's wonderful because it's quite an easy package to travel around with and I'm lucky enough here to find an engineer who's actually from America makes a difference because the music styles are really different. So if, if I find somebody who's from India, they can't always grasp the time timing the beats for the music because it's really very different. So that's what I'm doing. And then on, um, I think it's in a few days, I'm, I'm part of a very big kirtan, one of those call and response experiences, um, which I'm super excited about. We're gonna sing for 12 hours. Um, during the eclipse time so everybody can focus on their consciousness being really elevated because eclipses are incredible. I mean, they can be quite disturbing to people, but really they are incredible portals for going through shadow archetype in each of us and into the light. And so if you're focused on something that is keeping the mind or the body elevated, whatever that may be during that time, then it carries you really beautifully. <clears throat> and then I have also a new single um, that I'm dropping on uh, May the 13th. And um, it's called Cosmic Quiver. And um, it is actually about one of the, it's about this deity Shiva that I spoke of before, who is the destroyer of illusion. The one who allows us to overcome all fears and particularly the fear of death to be able to like destroy these illusions that they're 
is something that is not eternal within us and to let us connect to this eternal self. And he is um, quite a dynamic figure. You know, the Indian deities have really quite interesting and, and um, complex personalities. He is, he likes to stay in absolute stillness and meditate on the top of you know, the mountains um, for 40,000 years. He'll go into states of meditation where like just absolute stillness. But then he dances this dance called the Tandava. And the Tandava is this incredible fiery dance and it dances creation into existence. And it also dances creation out of existence. So he represents um, both things, this absolute stillness and this dance. So as an Indian dancer, um, we always are giving praise to Lord Shiva because he is inspiring our dance to be, can invoke that level of energy that we're bringing that creative source to the surface and, and presenting that for people to, you know, to inspire people to connect to that within themselves. Great. Fabulous. <laughs> so where do you see yourself 20 years from now? Ah, good question. I see myself 20 years from now having some kind of, before 20 years, but still existing in 20 years, um, some kind of intuitive, interdimensional arts center where people come, you know, healing center, where people come for transformation of consciousness using the spiritual and the and the um art and the and the arts you know using both of these things using healing arts and just the arts in general and that it is a center that welcomes the evolution of consciousness and people recreating themselves because if i go back to what i was saying before if we are actually stories and as far as i can understand in my perception it is true what we experience as ourself is a story and it can be rewritten and redesigned, remolded, repainted, whatever, however you want to see. Um, and it's a beautiful experience. And so I see this as a communal experience um, and aligning itself with many other, you know, communities doing their own thing in their own style and being very, very steeped in the arts and being very, very steeped in the healing arts and, and deepened communication with and my spirit guides that, you know, that help me in the healing that I do. And this is why I call it interdimensional because I'm working with other dimensions. And I also see, you know, to be completely honest, our whole earth being shifting, our human being shifting into what I call a heaven earth being. So we will all be connecting to much more dimensional possibilities than we are right now that are, that are completely part of who we are, but we're just not accessing them. So I see it as a radiant, you know, radical, radiant evolution time. That's what I see in 20 years. Nice. Nice. <laughs> and that is all we have for this episode. It was great having you here, Ananda, talking about you. your career as a musician and uh, intuitive healing and everything else. It's been amazing. Thank you so very much. I've really enjoyed this time. Much love to you. And to you too. Thank you. And you're welcome. <laughs> and until next time, stay tuned for more.